Imagine if there was a subcontinent or an island country about half the size of Texas. And imagine if that country was not just more advanced than much of the world, but actively involved in global diplomacy and trade. Think technologically advanced and wealthy, like Wakanda in the Marvel Universe, but more involved in global politics and about four times larger. Now imagine if you woke up one morning and saw the news that a massive natural disaster had occurred and that entire country was just gone. Not just destroyed, but actually physically missing because it had sunk beneath the ocean. Think of the level of death and destruction that would be associated with an event of that magnitude. Tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people would be dead. Travel, trade, and politics would be interrupted. Billions of dollars would be spent on rescue and recovery efforts. The impact of an event of that magnitude would be unfathomable. Some people believe that an event like this occurred sometime around 7,000 years before recorded history began and wiped out an entire advanced civilization that held the secrets to creating a utopia. This subcontinent was known as Atlantis. Atlantis first found its way into written history around 360 BCE. Compliments of the founder of Western political philosophy himself, Greek philosopher Plato. Plato discussed the island nation of Atlantis in two of his works, the Timaeus and the Critias. In the Critias, the character, Critias, discusses how his great-grandfather was told of Atlantis by a well-known Athenian statesman named Solon, who lived approximately 300 years before Plato. Solon heard the story of Atlantis from an Egyptian priest, who told him that the event had occurred approximately 9,000 years earlier. The Atlantis discussed in Plato's works was not the peaceful utopia we often think of Atlantis as being. Plato described Atlantis as being larger than Libya and Asia Minor, which is the Asian half of Turkey, combined, making it around 1 million square miles. They were a highly advanced civilization with massive amounts of power, they were a great military power. They had become extremely wealthy 
through both war and trade. Their wealth, military might, and advanced technologies had made Atlantis a world leader. And this had corrupted them. They had become prideful and careless, which led to their downfall. The story of Atlantis, as told by Plato via Critias, was that the island nation was originally a well-respected, prosperous country. It was located just outside the Pillars of Hercules, which are the rock formations that mark the entrance to the Straits of Gibraltar. It was so important that Poseidon himself decided that Atlantis should be protected by the strength of gods, and he put his son Atlas in charge of it. However, as Atlantis grew in power, it declined in ethics and morals. They began conquering other countries, eventually conquering much of Northern Africa and Mediterranean Europe. This seemingly unstoppable force was eventually forced back to Atlantis through the might of the Athenian army. Some say that Plato's telling of the story wasn't told to focus on Atlantis, but to show the power of the city-state of Athens, which also backed Plato's ideas of an ideal government. The Atlanteans returned to their home, defeated by the Athenians. When they returned, they suffered a divine punishment for their greed, via earthquakes that began to break the land and caused massive amounts of flooding. Within one night and one day, Atlantis was no more. It's clear by written records from the time of Plato and beyond that the majority of people did not believe in the existence of Atlantis. Instead, seeing it as an allegorical creation of Plato. In fact, it wasn't until the 19th century that widespread belief in the potential existence of a sunken Atlantis began to spread. That means that it took over 2,000 years from the time the account was written for belief to spread. It is worth noting that multiple people did author works across the centuries that indicated their belief in the existence of Atlantis. In 1679, a Swedish scientist by the name of Olaus Rudbeck published a book in which he claimed that Sweden was the site of the long-forgotten Atlantis and that all languages were descended from Swedish. But Rudbeck's ideas didn't spread much outside of Sweden. And even within Sweden, it wasn't a widely recognized belief. However, the idea of a highly advanced race from the North came back around in the early 1900s within the ideology 
of a Scandinavian or Norse Aryan hybrid race having existed. This theory greatly interested anti-Semitic groups of the day because they believed this master race of Nordic Aryans was a foil to their concept of Jews. This ideology was picked up by the pre-Nazi party and then carried over into the Nazi party itself. Karl Jeich and Heimlich Himmler ensured this belief became a part of the official doctrine of the Nazi party. The belief that the Nazis were descendants of a highly advanced Atlantean society allowed the Nazis in their own minds to excuse their treatment of Jews, Romani, disabled people, homosexuals, and other marginalized groups. In 1627, Sir Francis Bacon wrote a novel entitled The New Atlantis that depicted a civilization similar to Plato's Atlantis, but this novel was also written as an allegory and not as history. It's important to note, though, that Bacon's novel suggests that Atlantis had existed in the Americas. He was not the only person to suggest this theory. In fact, multiple people felt that the existence of a highly advanced civilization within the Americas explained the advancements the Mayan civilization had made because they believed that the Mayan people couldn't possibly have made these advancements on their own. They felt that the Mayans had taken technological and civil advancements from this new world Atlantis because they didn't believe that these dark-skinned savages could possibly have come up with these advancements without the guidance of an older, whiter civilization. When it comes to widespread belief in the existence of a sunken Atlantis, we have a former U.S. congressman from Minnesota named Ignatius Donnelly to thank. He authored a book in 1882 called The Antediluvian World, in which he claimed that Atlantis not only existed, but that all significant advancements in technology and civilization could be traced back to a single source. This belief is called diffusionism, and Donnelly believed that Atlantis was this source. He believed that the Atlantic Ocean was only a few hundred feet deep, so it would have been easy for this type of incident to occur. Donnelly so thoroughly believed what he had written in this book that he sent a copy of the book to Charles Darwin, who said he read the book in, quote, a very skeptical spirit. Darwin was not convinced by anything Donnelly had written. In 2015, an author by the name of Mark Adams wrote a book called Meet Me in Atlantis, My Obsessive Quest to Find the Sunken City. 
in which he called Donnelly a, quote, bag of winds, and accused Donnelly of cherry-picking facts and sources to suit his theory instead of allowing facts and sources to guide his theory. He considered Donnelly to be, quote, the first great Atlantis fundamentalist in that he believed that Plato's story was factually accurate outside of the supernatural elements like Poseidon. Donnelly himself was so insistent that his theory about the existence of Atlantis was correct that he predicted that soon after the time of his book's release that museums across the world would be filled to the brim with Atlantis artifacts. It has been just under 140 years, though, and still no signs of the city have been discovered. Although plate tectonics have been discovered and studied thoroughly, which has shown that it would be extremely improbable for something like this to occur. Even though Donnelly's ideas of Atlantis have been debunked over and over, people in his day did pick up on his beliefs. Two notable people who believed in Donnelly's Atlantis were famous mystic Madame Blavatsky and psychic Edgar Cayce. Cayce went so far as to routinely tell clients that they were reincarnated souls from Atlantis. He declared that he was able to tap into the collective consciousness of these reincarnated Atlanteans, which he claimed allowed him to provide detailed information about Atlantis. He also claimed that there was a hall of records that held the recorded history of Atlantis and existed below the Sphinx in Egypt. He predicted that Atlantis would rise again in the 1960s. Unfortunately, we're still waiting. Although Plato made it clear that Atlantis existed in the Atlantic Ocean, just outside the Straits of Gibraltar, many people have put forward theories with all kinds of different evidence to point to the actual location of Atlantis. According to Sir Francis Bacon, it was in South America. Others have claimed that Atlantis was in the Caribbean, with some believing it was lost in the Bermuda Triangle. It has also been posited that Atlantis was located in Antarctica, Turkey, Malta, and Germany. Regardless of where Atlantis is said to have existed, nobody has been successful in finding it. Many people feel that a sunken landmass of Atlantis's size and that was a well-developed civilization should be something we would have found by now. And honestly, they're probably right. If there was an entire developed subcontinent that just sank one day, 
we probably would have stumbled across it at this point with all the technology we have today. Or would we? It wasn't until the 1990s that we discovered Zealandia, also known as Taslantis and Te Riu Amaui. And it wasn't until the last few years that advanced maps of Zealandia were released. If you're not familiar with Zealandia, this is the large landmass that is approximately 94% submerged underneath the Pacific Ocean. In 2017, it was agreed upon that Zealandia meets the definition of a submerged continent, as opposed to a continental fragment or a microcontinent. The parts of Zealandia that are above the water consist of New Zealand, New Caledonia, Norfolk Island, and Lord Howe Island. Zealandia is just under 2 million square miles of landmass. It's approximately half the size of Australia and is six times larger than Madagascar, which is currently considered to be the largest microcontinent on the planet. Keep in mind, though, that Zealandia likely became submerged around 23 million years ago, and this event would have occurred across the span of tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of years. Atlantis, on the other hand, was said to have sunk in a 24-hour time frame, just over 10,000 years ago. Maybe we'll be surprised one day, though. Maybe one of the many expeditions that attempts to find the sunken Atlantis will be successful, and we'll have an entirely new history to study. As always, thank you for listening to this episode of WISE. Help me make new content by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash wisepodcast. For $5 a month, you can get access to early release episodes and patron-exclusive bonus episodes. If you have suggestions or requests for future episodes, reach out to me via Twitter or Instagram at awisepodcast or email me at awisepodcast.com at gmail.com.